Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie tells us about her recent fall trip to Disneyland. Find all episodes of this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you can receive bonus content like live trip reports. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So, Leslie, you are back from your fall trip with your family to Disneyland. You stayed at the new Disneyland Hotel Villas. So we are here to talk about that today. Going to do a little bit of a traditional trip report. Overall, how was the trip? Did you guys have a good time? We had a great time. We crammed a lot into three days, two nights. My daughter at least had a, a short fall break that was a little bit later than sort of the traditional fall breaks of a lot of California schools. So looked like an opportunity on the calendar, and it was. We had a grand time, and the, I had heard from people who had been the weekend or two prior that it was just a madhouse. And we, you know, certainly had pretty high crowds, but they were manageable. Yeah, you've said in the past that fall feels like the busiest time at Disneyland, typically. Yeah, I mean, the busiest time is always that week between Christmas and New Year's. But just in terms of the season that everybody seems to go, Halloween apparently resonates with Californians, I guess, and other West Coasters. All right, so let's get to it. You stayed at the new Disneyland Hotel Villas, which is the DVC portion of the Disneyland Hotel. Did Disneyland Hotel have DVC before, or was it only the Grand Californian in Disneyland that had DVC? It was only the Grand Californian for many years, and it's a very small number of units at the Grand. So practically speaking, it was really impossible to get those rooms at the Grand because people who were DVC members at that resort as their home resort would pretty much book them up all the time. I mean, I guess if you went during like a super low crowd time, a really, really off period, you could get them. But it was quite hard, even for DVC members at other resorts, to get those rooms. So there was demand. (laughs) There was definitely demand for more. DVC units in California and hence we got this tower instead of you know the the whole new hotel that we were supposed to get that when Anaheim and and Disneyland were went to war a couple of years ago that got got nixed remember when all the Disney battles were in California and not in Florida how times have changed over the last (laughs) few years but yeah so for those of you who don't know DVC is Disney's timeshare situation basically and so for the dvc hotels you can either if you are a dvc owner use your points to stay there pending availability of course but with all the dvc hotels just like in disney world you can also as a regular guest just pay cash to stay at the dvc portion of the resort now things are a little different you know leslie i sent you on a little fact finding mission to figure out whether paying as a cash guest like we know for sure if you are a dvc member and you're staying on dvc they only service your room like every four days or something like that we were trying to figure out whether as a cash paying guest leslie you would get housekeeping every day but uh, they told you uh, they told you one thing and did the other just very disney-like 
I mean, it was good ultimately, but I mean, I, I asked several people when I checked in at the front desk and it was like a group project to try to figure out what the answer was on housekeeping and nobody knew. <laughs> and they did say that like at the Disneyland hotel, like the hotel proper, that housekeeping is supposed to be every other day. So they assumed that as a cash paying guest in the villas, that that would apply to me too. And we were only staying for two nights. So that would mean no housekeeping essentially while we were there. But Lo and behold, the, the, the day we were in the park, um, our, our room was made up. So we did get housekeeping. So I have no idea what the real answer is. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe because it's new that they're doing it every day or we just got lucky. I have no idea. So I'm sorry I can't give you a definitive answer, Joe. Clear as mud, clear as mud, as always. Now, I'm really excited to hear, you know, there are a lot of Disney history touches that they used when they were building this new tower. So overall, what was your impression? I mean, did it feel different than the Disneyland Hotel itself? Overall, I know there's a special splash pad area and the DVC only pool, right? I did find out pools are open to everybody at the whole hotel. So it's not DVC only. So uh, overall impression of the hotel, of the villas was very positive. And I have to say going into it, I was a little bit of a skeptic because the I guess I have a little bit of a beef with Disney about the look of this tower. This fourth tower does not look like the other three towers. The other ones are kind of this shimmery blue reflective style. And the one that's the Villas Tower has these additional, you know, rainbow colors and then these pops of kind of wood grain and things like that. So it doesn't look like it matches. And it also is kind of squeezed in very closely to the Frontier Tower, which is the back tower of the Disneyland Hotel. So it looks looks a little bit awkward. Like it looks like it's an addition. And so visually I, I questioned it <laughs> the whole time it was being built. And I do say they did add some, this sort of rainbow color scheme to the, the exterior at the very end of the construction. And that actually looks really nice. That helps tie it in a little bit better with the look, but still exterior. I don't understand what they were going for, but anyway, I got over that because the interior was awesome, was awesome, 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 awesome. And I have stayed, you know, at studio villas at Aulani. I've toured other ones and these studio villas are really great. We stayed in a, forget if it's called like a premiere or premium, a a room that had a view of the pool and we had a high floor and the studio villa that we were in sleeps four. They're also the duo studios, the same kind that they have at the Riviera that just sleep two, two adults that are the more efficiency style. But we, of course, family of four had the, the larger studio and it was so well done. I mean, bright and fresh and new, of course. I loved they had two queen beds, but one bed was, you know, like they have at Pop Century and, and uh, the other, you know, value resorts at Walt Disney World. One bed was a Murphy bed. But this Murphy bed was like top shelf Murphy bed. It was a couch. And then without having to remove a cushion or, you know, flip any switches or do any hard work, you just pull it down and it immediately becomes a bed. It was awesome. I put it on my Instagram stories and people were like, what is this voodoo? (laughs) It was, you know, people kind of couldn't believe that this kind of bed existed. And now like, I I kind of want one for my house. We're thinking about building a, a guest villa in our backyard and... I want it. I want it for myself. Amazing. Getting architecture tips from your (laughs) Disneyland villas stay. So, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Uh, Overall, you know, what was the impression like? So there are different restaurants that are associated with the new tower. Did you use the regular pool? You know, how how did that go for you? Sure. So let's start with the pool. 
Disneyland, the Disneyland Hotel has the famous monorail water slide pool, and it's sort of in the center of this courtyard that's created by these the, the, the original three towers that created this internal section. And so it's behind a gate. Of course, like all Disney pools, you know, they don't want pool hopping, and, and they have it, you know, behind a key gate. And what they have done is sort of bring the new pool that's associated with the villas into this gated area. So they're connected. So I was concerned initially, I was like, oh, can I use the main pool? Can the villas guests, you know, can regular hotel guests use the villa pool? It's all behind one single gating. So everybody can use all of it, which is great. And the new pool, there's there's just a, an area that's just pretty much a basic square pool and a new hot tub which is great, but then there's a Steamboat Willie splash pad, which is so, so cute. Black and white characters and set, but then all of these lights um, of various colors that make it really fun. I, I was My son loves Steamboat Willie, and I was hoping that he was going to love it, but I, I will say it's for younger kids. Like it, He was too old for it. Oh. He liked seeing it, but it wasn't something that he wanted to play in. But gosh, if it had been like three or four years ago, <laughs> it would have been the place he never left. It was super cute. I mean, it's not anything... Um, as big as say like the Alice in Wonderland splash pad at the Grand Floridian, like it's much smaller scale, but it's just so engaging. So, so well done on the theming there, Disney. And in terms of restaurants, we were there before the Palm Breeze Bar, which is the pool bar opened. In fact, today is the day as we're recording it, that it's opening at the Disneyland Hotel. So we missed that, but there was like poolside, you know, drink service and, you know, they're all of the restaurants that the Disneyland Hotel has, Tangaroa Terrace and Trader Sam's. But of course, Steakhouse 55 and the Associated Bar closed during COVID. So it hasn't come back and that won't come back. They're going to bring back a different bar, but no news yet as to what's going to happen with Steakhouse 55 restaurant. I have to think, I have to think that something's going to go in there now that there's so many more guests at the Disneyland Hotels because of the addition of the, villa, the villas and and one thing that I noticed, Joe, the whole property, just adding this extra tower, adding these additional people, it felt so much more alive. Like I've stayed at that property many, many times. It felt more like a destination, like what the Disneyland Hotel kind of used to be back in the good old days where it had like <laughs> basically a city unto itself when it had many more units before they tore down the old motel style buildings. So I kind of got the sense that like what's old is new again. They're bringing back this Disneyland hotel nostalgia as a destination. And that really resonated with me. Like I, I felt like I want to spend more time here as opposed to just like, oh, I like the hotel. I like the headboard. I like the theming. Does the, sorry if you said this already, but does the studios have the headboard? Too? So this though they don't have the 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 castle light up headboard, but they have their own headboards, and each of the the rooms has a slightly different theme. There's several different characters that you can see in this tower. We had a Tiana room, and so the headboard did have this whole scene from Princess and the Frog, and it was very colorful and it did light up, but it didn't have like the little twinkle lights that you would have from the castle in the the main room. It's it's satisfied. I mean, it's not quite as magical, but you still have to stay in the hotel rooms, I think, at some point if you're a super, super Disney fan. But the decor overall was really cute. Like I loved, I opened the um, closet in the room where you would just a small little closet where you'd hang clothes. And on the back wall was a little bit of a mural of Tiana's clothes. Like her traditional uh, attire was hanging in the closet, which was very cute. That's nice. Also, 
good on you for not taking two days to figure out who your room was themed for, like me and Mary Poppins <laughs> at the Grand Flow. Uh, so my last question for you on this is, do you have a preference to stay in the DVC Tower or the rest of the Disneyland Hotel? Like, what's your feeling about that now? My husband and I discussed this because, you know, we were sort of thinking, like, we stayed at the concierge level at the Disneyland Hotel maybe two years ago. And we were like, okay, they're they're in the same ballpark price-wise, a studio, villa, or the concierge level. Concierge level is a little bit more. We priced it out maybe 50 to $100 more. So what would we stay in? <laughs> good question. Good question. I mean, I still think if budget's you know, the most important thing, you should just stay in the hotel. The hotel's going to be cheaper than the villas, for sure. And a lot of people go on short trips to Disneyland, so you don't really need the, the kitchenette in the villas. You just don't really need it if you're, you know, going to be eating all your meals in the parks or downtown Disney. So I'd say if you're, like, definitely on the budget, stay in the hotel still. But if you need a little more space for your family, the villas are just lovely and I just liked having something different to try at Disneyland. That said, I think if we're going to splurge for another vacation at this hotel in the next year or two or three, we'll go back to concierge level in the the hotel just because it was nice to have somebody else making all the food for you. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Let's go on to the rest of your trip. Do you try anything new or anything you've done, not done before at Disneyland? Yes. Yeah, so the other thing we tried at the Disneyland Hotel actually was the new brunch at Goofy's Kitchen for Halloween. They had a seasonal special character meal and they just announced they're doing it for Christmas as well. And, you know, it still looks and feels the same. Uh, ostensibly, you get a more upgraded menu. And, and I hadn't eaten there in the last year or two. So I, I'm not really sure like fully what the, you know, upgrades are, what the standard offerings are, and then what the, the upgrades are. But it did seem elevated. We, we ate there at lunchtime. So it was a big brunch. And there was like prime prime rib that was, you know, being sliced. And there was, uh, there were crab cakes. And there was salmon. So there was some nice stuff on the buffet, but it's still a buffet, it's still a character meal. So it's not like the finest dining that you'll ever have, but we were satisfied. It, it costs more than <laughs> the standard uh, character meals. So it's just a chance for Disney to upcharge. But what I loved about it was, you know, we weren't doing Oogie Boogie Bash this year. And the characters at least were in their costumes. And we felt like we got a Halloween offering without having to pay the big bucks for Oogie Boogie Bash. I mean, this was certainly expensive, but it was nowhere near that expensive. So are they going to have... I guess, Christmas costumes as well when they do that one. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm presuming. And then they just have the decorations all over the, you know, restaurant and you get your picture with Goofy before you go in that's included in the meal uh, as part of your your cost. You get it loaded to your photo pass for free. So they have that and he's in a costume. So I'm sure he'll be in some sort of a Christmas costume when that's offered. But yeah, I thought it was a nice little bonus. And again, this kind of goes into the the feel that I got, the Disneyland hotel is now a destination, right? You want to go there for the meal, even if you're not staying there at the hotel. Now your kids, I think are finally old enough to actually like rope drop consistently, at least on a short trip. Did you guys utilize early entry? I mean, I guess, I guess there's only that really small window between when they're toddlers and teenagers, <laughs> at least, at least they can force themselves awake. Did you rope drop or did you pull Joe and just roll in at 10 o'clock every day? Forced March of Happiness, Joe. 
We only had two days in the park. So the first day we flew in, we just did the hotel. We, then we had two days in the park. So we were going to use early entry. If you're paying, goodness, 600 plus dollars a night for a hotel, uh, you might as well take advantage of that 30 minute perk. So we did our first day in DCA. And the reason that we did that was because it was an Oogie Boogie Bash day. And usually mornings on days that the, uh, California Adventure has Oogie Boogie Bash, crowds are lower. So we just thought we'd get more bang for our early entry bus starting in that, in that park that morning and then doing Disneyland Park the second day of our trip. And we did. We did. It was great. We got in the line about, I don't know, 15 minutes before official park opening. We were within the first 50 people, you know, behind the rope drop crowd for early entry. They have a little separate section corral where they put the early entry people and then they drop that rope for hotel guests and then everybody else stays behind the other rope. And we were probably the first dozen people on Web Slingers. So we got a lot of bang for our buck. My daughter and husband were able to quickly hit Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, where they were the first riders on it. And they got to sign some sort of special book, which was really cool for them. And then we were able to get over to Radiator Springs Racers before the rope drop crowd got there. So we got in three rides, three big rides. That w- that felt like money well spent, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, you had to you had to stay in the villas just for the con- hashtag content anyway. So, you know, if you're gonna do it, you might as well do early entry. Funny you mentioned that book thing that you signed. Uh, my f- other friend sent me something the other day. They're just, you know, we had talked about the monsters, uh, monsters Inc. The what is it called? Not the bus pass. What's that called? Where buddy pass, buddy pass. Yes, the buddy pass, and then there's this book that you sign at Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think there's another attraction. I think Storybook Canals has a book to sign too, maybe. And it just feels like Disneyland, maybe because it's the original park and there's like more history there, um, you know, decades more history. There are just all these little things that are there to discover. Or like It's almost like Easter eggs, you know, in a video game for like the true Disney nerds, the true Disney fans to like try to do and like check off their buddy list. So that's cool that they got to sign a book. Yeah, that was cool. And we, we still are confused as to how they were the first people on the ride since we did Web Slingers first. <laughs> but it must have been that there was a little bit of a delay in starting the ride for, for the morning. And then by the, the moment they happened to arrive, that was when they opened the attraction, I guess. So anyway, it was a cool little cool addition, and we felt like we were able to essentially knock out all of DCA before lunchtime. Uh, we just you know heavily used Genie Plus and toured smartly in terms of you know there's just not as many attractions to hit, so we were ready to park up well before lunchtime that first day. So we we got our money's worth out of the early entry. Now I have to mention early entry at Disneyland Park because that was a very different experience. The next day. We were supposed to have crowds that were lower, at least according to touring plans, but so many more hotel guests take advantage of early entry into Disneyland than do at DCA. So I guess if you're kind of one of those people, it's like you can only get up one morning early on your vacation, you're going to do it for Disneyland. You're not going to do it for California Adventure. And we arrived at the same time, but we were way farther back. And the plan was to go straight to Peter Pan, but we knew we were not going to immediately get onto Peter Pan. And, and we instead, we still went there, but we had to wait about 15 minutes to ride, which cut into our strategy time a little bit more. But but we did march through several Fantasyland attractions. We got onto our third ride before the rope drop crowds 
arrived. But we could have gotten in like five if we had been <laughs> at the front of the rip drop crowd. So something to keep in mind. And this is all going to change. We should mention in January, they're going to quit offering early entry in both parks every day. They're going to alternate. And I still don't know how this is going to work with park hopping, time restrictions, and park reservations, and, and all of that. Something's Something's got to give because... I don't really see how they're going to, people are going to make reservations for the wrong park. Uh, something's going to, there's got to be some more news coming, Joe. That's my prediction about either changing park hopping rules or changing park reservations in some way or lifting those for hotel guests or something. But it's going to change and it's going to make early entry that much busier and that much less efficient for people like us if everybody in all three Disneyland hotels is just going into one park. This is an example of them going back to pre-pandemic situations that we do not like, right? Because in the past, wasn't it like, you know, or actually it was even worse than every other it's day. Worse. Right? It was like, you know, it was every other day, but it was an hour long in the past. Now it's still going to oh. be 30 minutes. So now, so, so yeah, because, because pre-pandemic, it was only one park per day had the early entry, but it was an hour and now they're doing, going back to that, but now it's still only half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Yeah, and in the past, they, they allowed, they had this thing called Magic Morning, where if you had a three-day or longer ticket, and you were staying off property, you had one day of early entry. And so that, that's, some people speculated, oh, they'll bring, they'll bring that back, potentially. So no, you still have to pay the big bucks to stay on property to get any early entry, and now you're competing with more people. Speaking of pretty rough, Rise of the Resistance, you know, I think you talked about this on your trip report, but do you want to talk about what went wrong there? Sure. So, so ultimately it went right. We decided at the very end of our trip to save rise until the very end. We were in the park for the better part of a full day on Monday. And so we thought this will be our last ride in the afternoon before we do a few things around the park and uh, then head for the airport. So it, it was a little bit of an annoyance just to book because I kept watching the paid lightning lane return times and, and reminder at Disneyland, you can't pick your time. You just get the next available time. So you have to keep refreshing. So I kept doing it all morning long thinking surely by about 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. It'll be a 2 p.m. return time and I can book it and that, then I'll be set for the day. But no, there was not demand apparently that day for paid lightning lane. So I had to wait until about one until I got my preferred 2 p.m. return time. So we headed over there. No wait to get right on. We were excited about that. Got through the all the pre-show stuff. Got on the attraction. Got on the, the ride vehicle. And then at the Kylo Ren lightsaber scene, the lights came on and the ride stopped and it broke down on us. <laughs> we sat there for a few minutes. I mean, it just stopped. And then they came, they came over the loudspeaker very quickly. That's And we sort of wondered, was this a pause or is this a a full breakdown. And then it became almost immediately clear, immediately clear. It was a full, a full breakdown. So we waited for quite a bit until cast members could get to us. Cause they had to come and, you know, open each ride vehicle. And I think we were one of the last ride vehicles evacuated. And, you know, at this point we'd gotten through two thirds, three quarters of the ride. So we'd gotten to see most of it and we weren't quite to the part that my son hates, which is the little drop part. And so it was actually a bonus for him because he got Everybody to miss the, <laughs> he missed the drop part. He saw the stuff he likes. And then we got to be walked backstage, which was all, always awesome. Always awesome. So I know you were like done, so you wouldn't necessarily have used it. But did they give you a make good? Like, did they put another lightning lane back on there? 
Yeah, so they gave us a make good, but we knew that the ride wouldn't have time to reset before we had headed to the airport. So I went to one of the guest relations umbrellas and no questions asked. They were like, the ride broke down. Would you like a refund? And I was like, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, they, they offered it without me even having to say it or explain that, gosh, we got most, in the, most of the ride in, but we didn't quite finish it. So it was good. And it went right back to my credit card uh, automatically that same day. So two thumbs up to, you know, guest services and all of the, the fine cast members who, you know, I guess they're used to it th- at this point, but always ask, always ask if something like, like that happens because they're, they're willing to, to find a solution that works for you. And, and under, under any other circumstance, we would, would have just gone back to the ride later in the day. Definitely. It's funny that it broke down on you because I have this theory that because it's not as hot and humid in Disneyland, it actually works better. Again, my friend, new magic key holder, he like every time he goes on Rise of the Resistance, I'm always like the, like the first time he went, I was like, are the guns moving? You know, are the guns moving? Are the guns moving? And, you know, I pretty much given it up and like chalked it up to like it being like the Yeti and that the guns will never move. And he messaged me about a month ago and he was like, the guns were firing today. And I was like, do you mean that you just saw like laser beams, um, you know, or they, or were you like actually playing Frogger? And he's like, no, it's the first time like I actually saw them move. And so this was in Disneyland. And I was like, wow, Disneyland got rise of the resistance all fixed up. But I guess, you know, all good things must come to an end and it's breaking again. But uh, yeah, I mean, it breaks all the time, but I mean, I was surprised they even tried to get the guns moving because I think it's one of those effects that is awesome, but, it probably causes the ride to break down more than it needs to. What? So you're at Kylo Ren. So you, we were right at the cusp of the entry into the room where the guns, where the guns are moving. So I can see the, (laughs) they broke right before you got there. That's why you had to get walked. They, they fixed them and then they broke and then you had to get walked out the ride. Well, I think uh, you just jinxed me asking about it, Joe, you asked about it and then like, I couldn't oh, verify that's for right. you. I, I asked yeah. you to check. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. First the housekeeping. Now the, now the Rise of the Resistance guns, you know, I ruined everything. Last thing to hear about, uh, did your journalistic instincts cause you to go check out the new Pixar Pier Hotel? No, it's a Pixar Place Pixar Hotel. Place. Yes, yes. Too much alliteration with the Pixar. But did you go check it out? I did. I did. I just walked over. We had a little bit of time to kill before we had to Uber to the airport. And it's not too far from the Disneyland hotel where we were picking up bags. So I strolled over, wanted to just see what it looks like. It's supposed to open end of January, 2024 officially, but it's been open the whole time during renovations. So exterior looks really nice. It now is painted white. It has these pops of uh, primary colors like Pixar does. So I think the exterior looks nice interior it looks beautiful in terms of what they've done to the lobby there's a lot of pixar theming and and colors but it still feels like a dated hotel because the ceilings are low i mean it it was built in an era where there was a particular design aesthetic and unless it's going to knock out all the walls and you know completely gut the entire building it still has that feel so it still feels you know just a little enclosed but i mean the the changing in the decor i mean it helps a ton the thing to really watch for is going to be what the rooms look like and how the rooms deliver the pool so far looks quite quite good they've renovated that entirely that's open so people are giving that you know thumbs up cute water slides i think it's a great pool for 
younger kids, especially. It's not as epic as the Disneyland Hotel Pool. It's not as big of a swim space as the Grand Californian, but it works for young families very well. But I'm waiting and seeing about the rooms, and I'm waiting and seeing about the price point. Because I think this will drive the price up. And if it's substantially the same price as the Disneyland Hotel, I'm still staying at the Disneyland Hotel. I'm still right there by the monorail. I still like the the theming of that hotel. But we shall see, Joe. I'm reserving judgment. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they'd have to do a lot because, you know, that is the... When I was booking my uh, Disneyland trip, that was like the resort where you said, like, don't... If you're if you're going to stay on site, don't stay at that one, like it's better to stay off site than staying there. So, you know, will this retheme slash refurbishment, like get it all the way back up to, you know, worthy of Disney on site status? I mean, I think that's what we're going to need to find out. Yeah, totally agree. And maybe I'll have to plan a trip in early 2024 and for stay a night or two. For research. I do have a, I do have a conference in February. So I'm debating uh, booking one night there. Just, just you gotta for do two, you got to do two lunar New Year's in a row. After saying, oh, I know, I'm going to be there. Yeah, for during Lunar New Year this year. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, I like my dim sum. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, sounds like an awesome trip. I love these short trips with the family, especially at Disneyland. You know, you don't need to spend as much time there. Uh, Do you have a Disneyland do or don't for us from the trip? Yes, I would say don't try to do early entry or rope drop. And pack up and check out of your room at the same time. It's too much to do. <laughs> I mean, unless you're traveling solo or something like that, just adults with, it's too much to do with kids. And at Disneyland, because the hotels are so close, I think a much better strategy is to just get out the door, go do the parks for a few hours, come back and pack up your room and you know leave your bags with the concierge valet, whatever for, you know, do that before checkout time, which for most hotels is 11 AM. And that's what we chose to do. And it worked really, really well. We did early entry. We went to Disneyland park. We did 10 attractions. And then at 10 AM, we got on the monorail, went back to the Disneyland hotel, had 45 minutes to pack up our room, dropped our bags off, monorailed back to the park and enjoyed the rest of our day. It made the morning so much better. It made the night before so much better. So smart strategy. I was a skeptic. I'm giving my husband credit for this Disney do Disney don't. Wow. High praise. High praise. All right. Well, thank you for that. I'm glad again that you all had a great trip. Uh, If you're looking to plan a trip, you can always uh, hit me up, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net or at As Joe Flies, all over social media. Leslie, any new articles coming out from this trip? And even if not, where can people find your work? I am at Trips with Tykes everywhere on social media, tripswithtykes.com. I have a lot of Disney articles that are getting updated. So just keep checking there. Yes, a wealth of information. Well, uh, thanks again for sharing your trip. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you celebrating Lunar New Year again in 2024. Thanks, Joe.